Welcome to the Get Fit AF with Angie Fraser podcast, a fitness channel with a difference. We aim to challenge traditional views on fitness and what it means to be fit AF. We cover real questions from real people, including my clients and friends, chat with inspiring and passionate people, and maybe the odd rant along the way. Join us to get fit AF without the bullshit. We all know that exercising regularly and eating well most of the time is ideal, ongoing, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with having short-term goals along the way. The key really is how you go about them. I'm a big believer in being honest with my clients and making sure they have realistic expectations, as well as making sure that whichever way they want to go about their fitness goals doesn't become all-consuming for them. This is why I'm not a fan of short-term fitness challenges that are focused on weight loss only, comparing people to each other, or even before and after photos. Part of successfully getting results fast and keeping them is having an exit ramp that will take you into maintenance or continuing with a bigger long-term goal. If you go about your fitness goals in a way that is too time consuming, too mentally, physically draining and too unrealistic, you're more likely to be back where you started from in no time. Bit of a waste of energy. In my opinion, a successful fitness plan is one that moves you forward for good. As a fitness professional that values honesty, I would love to see more people, women in particular, ditching the on off the wagon mentality and fitting fitness into their life ongoing. Yes, we've got just under two months to the end of the year and you might be wondering if it's even worth starting. Hopefully this will help put things in perspective for you. First of all, let's define results. I think put simply, it would be a change or improvement from where you are at the moment. There are general benefits from doing any sort of exercise or dietary improvement, or there are more specific outcomes such as weight loss or performance improvement in a time frame. Some examples of general goals are to feel better, good mood, more energy, more movement, and some more specific goals might be to lose five kilos before Christmas, build muscle, increase deadlift, or run five kilometers without stopping, all of which can be done in six weeks or so with the right plan. The first step is deciding if you have a general or specific goal and how will you measure it. In my experience, people who come along and say, I just want to start exercising, I just want to feel better, often really have something specific in mind, but they just don't want to set themselves up for disappointment. I have had situations where people tell me that they just want to start working out, then complain they haven't lost weight after a few weeks. Really have to define the goal to make the right plan. A plan of exercising more is very different to the plan needed for weight loss, although I'm very aware the fitness industry is responsible for overstating the link between weight loss and workouts. Ask yourself, do you really need to achieve your goal by a date or can it be done over a longer time frame? It's important to be realistic and think about what other commitments you have. First up, the bad news or reality check is that it takes around 39 days to gain a kilo of body fat, eating just 200 calories above your daily needs on average. That's really easy to do, especially at this time of year. We can lose muscle in as little as seven days being inactive, according to a meta-analysis done on the effects of lockdowns. 
If you've got a strength goal in mind, it could take up to 40 weeks for using the example of a beginner working on a full pistol squat. It can take them that long to go through all the progressions to get to the full pistol squat. And lastly, one third to two thirds weight regain is common a year after losing it. You can see by these numbers that it's so key to have a longer term view to your fitness and health. But what we can do is put shorter term goals within that larger time frame. The good news is that I have helped my clients lose around three to eight kilos in around eight weeks and sometimes less and learn how to keep it off. Go from squatting an empty bar to squatting 50 kilos for multiple reps in under six weeks. Report increased confidence with weightlifting in a gym setting within six weeks as well. So people going from, oh my God, I've never lifted weights before to, oh my God, I love this and I can't wait to do more of it. Um, So moderate versus rapid fat loss. There are pros and cons for both. A moderate fat loss plan can be a great way to lose body fat as it provides more flexibility than a strict diet. So it's not as mentally taxing and it doesn't require as much planning. However, I've found a moderate plan often only gets people so far. Being a smaller calorie deficit, it's much easier to overshoot it, get complacent, underestimate your food and ultimately plateau and become frustrated. So this is when a rapid fat loss plan like our six week mini cut can be a great strategy to get the diet phase done quickly. You see faster results and you can return to maintenance eating sooner. It just requires some focus planning and a little discipline. It doesn't however need to be done perfectly. A rapid fat loss plan is not a crash diet. There is a difference In a rapid fat loss plan, we want to ensure you get the right nutrients and also retain your muscle in the process. Most crash diets are only focused on losing any scale weight, including muscle. Any plan worth its salt should also include a component on how to end the diet successfully. One of my mini cut clients who completed our latest program online just messaged me today to say she's continued to lose another kilo during her diet break. You should not be on a diet forever and too many people worry that by increasing their food, they'll automatically regain body fat because they're just too used to being on a perpetual diet. A diet break done correctly should continue your fat loss while allowing you to eat more than you were during the diet. It's not magic, but it can feel like it. So how fast can you really lose body fat? It's maths. Case study, an 80 kilo woman who normally consumes around 2,800 calories daily reduces her food intake to 1,800 calories. In seven days, she's achieved a 7,000 calorie deficit or the equivalent of 0.9 kilos of body fat. She would lose more on the scale due to glycogen and water loss initially. Um, So to reduce body fat by an additional 1.4 kilos, she'd need to maintain the deficit for another 10 and a half days. At this point, body fat theoretically decreases by 0.45 kilos every 3.5 days. This example is of weight loss via calorie restriction alone. If she was my client, I'd advise her to train with weights to preserve muscle while dieting, of course. So when considering if you want to do a fast or moderate rate of weight loss, ask yourself, how quick do you want it? 
the quicker you want it, the more strict and focused you'll need to be. What I do recommend with both short and long-term goals is focus on the process rather than the outcome to make it less stressful. I have my clients implement habits tracking as a tool to stay focused and honest with themselves. Accountability with a coach can be a great motivator to keep you going, but at the end at the end of the day, you have to do the work. Our role is to guide you to choose the right strategy for you. Do you have all or nothing mentality? Many people won't bother trying to lose weight at this late stage of the year because they have too many social commitments or opportunities to overeat. The tendency to think, why bother starting if when I have that one night out, I'll ruin my progress anyway, is very black and white thinking. The truth is you didn't gain extra weight from one meal out or one off-plan snack or treat, so why would it completely derail your progress now? I had an online coaching client ask this week if she should have a takeaway with her family. It's totally up to her, but I did the maths for her to help her choose. If we say she's in a moderate calorie deficit of around 3,000 calories per week and she has a takeaway meal of, say, 800 to 1,000 calories once with her family, she's still in a net deficit of 2,000 calories for that week. The one takeaway meal did not undo her progress unless she mistakenly believes that it does and goes right off track for the rest of the weekend. If she continues on her 3,000 calorie deficit for a further two weeks afterwards, she will have made progress of more than one kilo body fat loss by not throwing her effort in the bin over one meal. It's a common pitfall. If we consider that you can use either a moderate calorie deficit now or maintenance calories to enjoy the end of year celebrations without gaining extra weight, you're way ahead of the person who just puts it off until the new year. How quickly can you get strong and build muscle? Should you bother starting or wait? What if you're short on time to work out? If you are new to training with weights, you will build muscle much more quickly than someone who has been training for longer with less work. So improving your strength relates directly to muscle growth. So the stronger that you get, the more muscle you're building. So it's really win-win to have a strength goal as well as an aesthetic goal. So An aesthetic goal is changing the way your body looks. Um, Most often described to me by women as wanting to tone up. It's much more fun to focus on moving and lifting more weight, in my opinion, too, than to worry so much about how your body looks in the short term. You're going to get there eventually anyway. Don't worry about getting bulky or building too much muscle, inverted commas. It's really hard to do in just two to three weight sessions per week. You'd need to be training a lot. A structured training plan that focuses on total weekly workload across your major muscle groups will get you there much faster than doing 60-minute circuit classes with 10 or 20 different exercise variations each time, rushing from one station to the next and working to a timer. The more variety, the more you are burning time and wasting energy on filler exercises or junk volume. You might feel productive because you did a lot and you clocked up a calorie burn on your watch or sweat and huffed and puffed, but you probably didn't build the muscle that you're wanting. You just did a workout that made you really tired. Um, With this style of workout, you'll just end up getting better at doing lots of exercises quickly. If that's your goal, go for your life. But 
If you don't have time like that to burn and you're interested in building muscle and strength, here's a bit of a cheat sheet. A systematic review done by Wernbaum and colleagues in 2007 found that the minimum effective training dose is around 40 to 70 reps per muscle group per week. What they found is you don't necessarily get more results by doing more than that. So why do more than what's required, especially when you are time poor? It's more likely to result in you quitting and putting it on the back burner once again. If this is you and you have multiple competing commitments, as many of my clients do, you can get the bare minimum in in as little as two full body workouts per week, concentrating on big compound exercises that work multiple muscles simultaneously. Think squat, deadlift, bench, press and rowing variations. I would also include some single leg work in there personally for most people. This could look like three sets of six to eight reps of each movement pattern per session and you will have covered your target easily. I'd then recommend doing around 30 minutes a day of some enjoyable low intensity cardio like walking your dog or playing sport with family and friends. Is this going to turn you into a fitness model? No, but it will keep your head in the game until you can do a more complex plan or spend more time in the gym. A much better option than putting it off another two to three months until you have time. And honestly, are the demands of your life going to change so dramatically come January 1st? Highly unlikely. So the key message here is just start now. What about cardio if you want to get fitter? My advice, use it, but don't abuse it. Cardio tends to be the go-to punishment when we've been a couch potato or we need to lose weight. I've watched many a cardio bunny burn out time and time again or hit a slow decline full of injuries as they get older. So I'm a really firm believer that cardio is not the main event of a well-balanced plan. And if you're short on time, it really can just waste your time. Why? Number one, your body adapts really quickly to cardio exercises like running, meaning that you need to spend more time doing it to get more out of it. So why not just add some more plates to your bar? Number two, when overused, cardio can catabolize, catabolize, break down muscle. I've seen this happen in people and it makes them weak. And it's also the worst way to improve how your body looks or your physique. When I used to run for hours every week, I weighed less on the scales, but I can confirm that I jiggled a hell of a lot more. Number three, it's not going to take you that long to improve your cardio fitness. The adaptation is much quicker than the process of building muscles. So don't prioritize it over lifting if you're wanting a firmer and more toned physique. As a general rule, I tend to put fatiguing cardio exercises at the end of a weights training session so they don't interfere with the lifting. But don't take this as a free pass to skip it. Good cardio fitness supports your recovery between hard sets of lifting, which improves your work capacity. Similarly, muscle and strength development tends to support your body to do more of the cardio that you might like to do. So they go hand in hand. The more I've focused on lifting in the last few years, for example, the better I can tolerate a Metafit class. I've had many clients report to me that after a few months of consistently training with weights, their cardio exercises like running just feels so much better, and that's because they've got a bit of muscle to support their frame. So in summary, stop procrastinating and just do it. Just don't overdo it.
Finally, a case for balance. Having outlined all of the above, you might be thinking now, okay, WTF, do I do? The truth is you need to do all of the above to varying degrees for the rest of your life, if we're being honest. Leaving it all until the new year just puts you behind the eight ball and may increase the pressure that you feel. To be honest, a lot of coaches just like me don't actually like dealing with the new year, new me crowd as they tend to quit before they have a chance to see any real results, make progress, learn anything. My advice, if you think about how you need to do something about your health a lot, then it is important to you. So if it's important to you, then get started now with the bare minimum. Action produces momentum, motivation is a myth, and you can't buy your health. That was in the words of Coach Belinda. If this resonates with you, get in touch now. We love to support our down-to-earth real clients to feel their best year-round. Doesn't need to be dramatic. It just needs to get done. And this is what we specialize in at our private small group training facility. We're not like other gyms or group fitness classes, and there's only one way to find out. Our introductory programs for 2022 will close very soon. Get ahead of the game, do it, start now and feel amazing.